Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Marco. Hi, Marco. Hi, Jess. Okay, so we're going to uh, do things a little bit different tonight. We're mixing going, it up? We're mixing it up, yes. Gotta keep things spicy. We're going to update the... We are so lame. <laughs> if keeping it spicy for us is moving <laughs> the order of our podcast around. Yes, we're dorks. Uh, we're going to update the Red Arrow Challenge, but we're going to do it at the end of the night after our main feature. But first... Ooh. ooh yeah. Got out on a limb there. <laughs> but first, how's it going? Uh, it's going. What's wrong? It's it's just... It's been a week, sweetie. <laughs> it's life in the time of Corona. Coronavirus in the summer. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's really wearing on me. I mean, it's wearing on a lot of people. There's... And I don't want to pretend like we're more stressed out than other people. Everybody's stressed out. But uh, some of the social aspects are just this week. We're just kind of getting to me on top of life. Yeah. You know, life's got to go on. But the whole dealing with adults or acting like children are just wearing on me. Fascinating. Oh, I know. Uh, I don't know about you, but some of my friends are stressing me out a little bit. Well, some of mine are too. You know, and I'm I'm a psychologist. I I classify, I group things, I've been trained as a scientist, I start off in engineering, I end up in psychology. So, you know, I, I kind of thought down and trying to organize, like, why am, why is this bothering me? Well, one, they're people I consider friends. Mm-hmm. But really, I ended up uh, just like going, you know, there's really, amongst people and the circles of friends we have, and we have, it's interesting with us too, because we have several different circles of friends, some who don't even intersect. Right. Actually, most who don't intersect. They do not. I enjoy that, though, because we get to go out. Not that our friends don't see each other, although they do sometimes when we have events. Yes. But it fits the different parts of our personalities. Um, We're just, it's amazing that you and I met each other and have hit it off. But (laughs) we enjoy hanging out with different groups of people. And that's fine. It's good. It is good. Um, And it's not like, oh, we only have to be with the hoity-toity group. I don't think any of our friends are. No, no, they are. But you know what I mean? It's like, well, when we were in the academic circles, it's like, we don't need to go hang out with the academic snobs. We can fit in with them. It's great. But, like, we really just love being with our friends at a bar. Yeah. Or a music concert. Or at a pool hall. Or whatever. Yeah. It's, I think it's great. Keeps it fresh. But looking at this in terms of COVID-19 and things are starting to open back up. They're not all the way there. Uh, Life certainly is not back to normal everywhere. But there's that little bit of freedom and how people are responding, it's adding some social stress. It's kind of mind-blowing to me. A little bit. And people are handling it differently, of course. And you and I understand that. We're psychologists. But it's it's interesting how in different friendship circles, most of the people in each circle are handling it in similar manners. Right. Yeah, that is kind of a fascinating thing. Not matching others. And it's not uniform. It's not perfectly uniform. But it's there's some similar dynamics in the different circles. Mm-hmm. So as we sit here, kind of in the, well, from our perspective, the center, not to be sound all self-centered. No. But, you know, sitting here kind of looking around our different friendship circles near us, it's like, well, this this group's handling it in one way, that group's handling it in this range of ways. So like I was getting into, I'm kind of a nerd, so I, <laughs> I put them in groups and I put like little catchy names with it, just for the sake of the podcast. But I broke it down into four kind of groups to explain it. Now, there are many more out there, and there's extremists and everything. We don't really have anybody who's too, too far extreme like you see on the news. No. Of course, they find the craziest crackpot, you know, (laughs) 
tornado comes through a town, they find the like the most hillbilly person with half their clothes on and maybe a pair of teeth to interview. <laughs> Does not represent the population that was affected by the tornado. Right. It's just the one who they think gets the best ratings. They are going to get hits off of that person so, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're going to be on YouTube forever. They're going to be a meme. Um, so I, I don't think we really have friends that fit those those extremes, of course. I don't think we do either. You're losing it already. I am. So the four groups, uh, four kind of general groups, and, you know, I don't know how many of our friends actually listen to our podcast. They'll probably be mad at us when we're done. Maybe. But the, the first group, uh, I put them as the passive conspiracy theorists. Almost passive-aggressive. But they're deniers. This whole COVID thing's made up, and this is how they feel. They refuse to conform to social norms or the executive orders from the governor. But pretty much they leave, you know, you do you, I'll do me. You know, they don't want to wear a mask, but they're not going to be too nasty to anyone who is wearing a mask. Yeah. Now, there are ones that go even further, and you should, I'm not going to wear a mask, and you shouldn't either. We don't really have that in our no, group. No, I haven't run into that. They're, they're pretty respectful, like, okay, you want to wear a mask, that's cool. But, but I'm I, not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to, and you can't make me. <laughs> and... I'm, I'm guessing people out there know people in their life like this. It's, you know, it is a stereotype. For sure do. But, you know, for the most part, I look at these uh, these these friends and I'm like, eh, whatever. It's mildly, moderately annoying. Yeah, I think. From a public health perspective, it's also mildly, moderately entertaining for me. <laughs> I get frustrated when people just ignore science and they act like this. Yeah, That's but at least thing. they're not shoving crap in your face to justify it. I can actually, I actually, I'm willing to be more tolerant of the, I don't want to, because I don't feel like it, versus, here's something I found on some random website that somebody in a shack in the woods wrote. Or a famous person. Or a famous it. person who has, like, and not a, like, famous scientist, some no. famous celebrity who's known for their plastic surgery that they've had done on themselves. That and then like you must reject everything else you have. It's like no, that's the extreme cases. The this passive conspiracy theorist group is just more of a I don't wanna. Okay, cool. At least you're not you know you're not gonna give me a hard time too. But and I'm not gonna give you a hard time. I'm just kind of shaking my head a little bit, partly laughing at the same Keeping time. Keeping six feet distance. Right. Even if they don't believe in it, they at least will respect. They won't run up and hug you. You know, it's kind of way I mean by passive. It's yeah. like, they get it. Uh, you're not comfortable. Um, actually, I prefer most of my friends didn't run up and hug me anyway, even when it was not Corona. <laughs> That'd be a little bit weird. I'm not a big hugger. <laughs> when I worked in the schools, I used to have clients, and they were little kids, and they'd come up, and they want to, like, hug. I'm like, no, no, no. High fives. Yep, I taught all of mine to high five as well. Yeah. Even though I am a hugger, but I was like, no, little kids in the school, we don't hug, we high five. I mean, I give, I give our kids hugs. Our kids give us hugs. But not strangers. Kids prefer a high five. I guess now in COVID, once we get past the six foot mark, it's gonna be elbow bumps. Elbow bumps or like thumbs up. High fives. Wait, if we ever get back to hockey, which I saw pictures they're painting the ice tonight. That's exciting. We can teach everybody to do the Fonzie thumbs up and say hey. That'll be good. Similar to the Buddy Christ from Dogma. Yes, exactly like that. Anytime you can work in a Kevin Smith reference, do it. Anyway, so that was, that was, for me, group one, the passive conspiracy theorists. Obviously, the more aggressive conspiracy theorists would be further out, but they don't really fit into the friendship circles. 
Mm-hmm. Although I do have at least one family member, actually I know I have more than one family member, who fit that borderline between passive and aggressive. Yes. And I don't mean passive-aggressive, I mean they're going into, like, kind of getting militant with it. I have like, a couple family members like that as well. Oh, I know. One of them I have on Facebook, and I'm getting ready to, like, hide, because it's like, I can't take this crap anymore. I already hit that present. <laughs> I mean, a simple go. Google search to, like, just completely debunks almost most of the stuff they put up all day, every day. Yeah. Non-stop all day. So, group number two, or type number two, the still sheltering. Uh, This is the other end of the spectrum from the conspiracy theorists, the ones who don't believe it. These are the ones who totally believe it, are all in on it. Uh, They're not coming out yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what? I'm cool with it. Because some of them have loved ones that they are protecting by staying in. Some of them are themselves at risk uh, that we know about. Mm -hmm. Some of the other ones... They're just not ready to do it yet. They're, they're not trying to feel afraid. safe. The numbers That's, aren't I'm there sure for them. I'm sure there's some anxiety going on. I respect that, too. Some of them, we suspect that there's some health conditions they don't want to talk about. That's cool. They don't have to talk about it. We respect, you know, they want to stay in. Cool. I will continue Zoom calls with whoever. Yeah. They want to go hermit mode. Cool. Love it. Group three, the cautiously optimistic. And this is... Pretty much in the middle of this spectrum. Mm-hmm. I consider us in the middle of this. Uh, we wear masks when we go out to the stores and we're out in public. We use hand sanitizer. Actually, I picked up some new hand sanitizer from one of the w- distilleries down mm-hmm. just across the border in Indiana. So <laughs> I, know, I know you're really excited. To I am it. really. I mean, all the distilleries around here are, are switching over and cranking out hand sanitizer. I just haven't been able to get my hands on all that hand sanitizer. Not that I'm trying to hoard it, but I would like a little bottle from each one. It's sure. a collector's item from the... Look, if we got to live through this and the distilleries are cranking out hand sanitizer, I want a souvenir of a hand sanitizer to look back on years keep from now. Keep the bottle on a shelf. Oh, yeah. We're going to use the hand sanitizer, but uh, once it's empty, we're going to keep the little bottle. Um, but this cautiously optimistic group, uh, they avoid settings where large, I mean, and they're increasing the size that's acceptable, but very large groups are packed together. Uh, they do go out. They do socialize, but they socialize responsibly. They go shopping. They eat out at restaurants. And we do this stuff, too. We've already been out to restaurants with the kids. Yeah, and it was a fantastic experience. It was. Especially Uh, for me because I have serious anxiety about all of this. You do. And I was super nervous to go, and they handled it beautifully at that restaurant. They they had alfresco dining. Mm -hmm. They actually had inside dining, too. They had all the tables separated. They disposable menus. They kept track of how many people they, they admitted into did. the restaurant because and they, had, they like seriously enforced it and i thought that was so fabulous because we've gone by others that are just bursting at the seams with people and it's like whoa they have more people there than pre-corona yeah people are ready uh so establishments like that i'm more than happy to be a patron of yeah uh we go out we go shopping like i said uh i'm interacting with people every day i'm out every day i'm interacting with people every day I'm not running up and hugging people, I'm not high-fiving people, uh, but life goes on and we're just being responsible about it. Yeah, I had earlier this week, I went to a friend's house and we had like a socially distancing um, little chat on one of, oh, their, porches, one the, of their porches. The circles drawn in paint that have been no, measured? No, we didn't, but the chairs were separated, exactly. arms length apart, and the homeowner stayed by, by her house actually, and the other two of us that were there, we stayed far apart. It was like a triangle. Um, a far apart triangle 
And we had some wine and we had some giggles and yeah. we chatted so, about all the things. Cautiously so. optimistic. Things are improving. We're, yeah. we're easing back into this. Uh, we're not being hermits. We're not being antisocial. Even the st- still sheltering friend circles are still being pretty social. Mm-hmm. But, you know, stuff's got to get done. We got to do stuff. So let's just do it in the best way possible. And then I've got my fourth group of friends. And this is the one that's really kind of just wearing on me. Uh, I do miss all my friends. I miss all our circles of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss interacting with them. Uh, but uh, this group, I think they, you know, the psychologist in me is going, you know, they miss everybody else too. It's just how they're handling it is probably not the most healthiest, adaptive way. It's not the best way to get their point across for sure. What's uh, what's the in way of saying it? it's the least adulting? <laughs> but whatever to, uh, to each their own uh this group we'll call them the the middle school mentality mafia because it's lots of m's and that's kind of fun to say they're sick of covid19 we're all sick of covid19 but they're really fed up with it and they're ready to party and be free Woo! uh unfortunately they're resorting to peer pressure tactics and name calling trying to shame people into coming out and joining them yeah that's not cool drop everything and get over here honestly a good portion of them are just flat out bored and well if we're all bored <laughs> some of us some of us got stuff to do um they're just bored whether they're been furloughed they're on unemployment they're on vacation they're working virtually with lighter workloads they you know have a seasonal job which is on a break in the summer what have you but you get the phone calls and it's like we'll get over here Come work now. Come hang out now. It's like it's the middle of the day. Well, you work from home. I'm like, yeah, but I still work. I just have a flexible schedule that allows me to like go run with my kid, mm-hmm. or go mow my lawn in the middle of the afternoon. But I might be up to two in the morning working on my computer. Yep. And I got work to do. And going and hanging out in a driveway drinking in the middle of the afternoon, it just isn't worth it to me to then try to get home and get all my work done and be up till four in the morning then. I got stuff to do. Yeah, I think anyone who thinks you have nothing going on simply doesn't know you that well. Oh, yeah. You know me. I got nothing going on. Yeah. I'm what do we got going these days? Jesus. We got... We're, yeah, I know. I've, I've had a, actually had a track parent go... Exactly. That's what I... Was unapologetic about... We, we had an order for the seasonal shirt, and I had to schedule a socially distant pickup. And the parent missed it. And so we did a second round just, you know, basically for them. There's a couple others who forgot it. And had the audacity just to make a comment like, well, you don't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Never mind your wife and four kids alone. Or work. And I convinced that coaching high school track at a Catholic school and cross country somehow pays our bills. It does not. No. Anyone who's into coaching <laughs> at the high school level is not in it for the money. Not Around um, here. That that doesn't even really pay the gas money for that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like, wow. And then the number of favors that have come in from that family. Right. Yeah, for special, whoa, come in and do private coaching for free. No, you're not even taking advantage of the programs I'm running now. No, thank you. But we got we got coaching. We got track we're trying to wrap up. We're trying to take care of the seniors. Mm-hmm. We got cross country we're trying to put together before most of the athletic department staff goes on mandatory vacation mm-hmm. in the month of 
July. They actually don't want to because there's so much work to do, but yeah. that's how their contract is set up. So we're prepping that. We've got Summer Racing Club. We got Red Arrow Health and Wellness. We've got the podcast. We've got work. We've got kids. We've got hockey on the horizon. Mm-hmm. We got somehow getting racing and doing our training. I'm photography. Sure, oh, photography. I forgot what else we got going on. We got a lot going on. So it's not possible to always go out. And we've got, you know, when it comes to this uh, middle school mentality mafia, it's gotten to the point where, well, if you're not going to come out and hang with, a, with us every time, then I guess you're antisocial and you're a hermit and we're just going to stop. We're going to cut you off all the texts and all the, not invite you over. And you're not welcome to come in when there is a gathering. It's like, oh, I want to go do that. Oh, no, you're a COVID chief. You can't come. Yeah, it's the name calling that I have the biggest problem with because, like, we're all adults. We don't need to resort yeah. to a silly name calling. I can't make it. I, you know, before this, I didn't make it to every social gathering. And no. during this, I can't make it to every social gathering. Right. I can't make it. To, I didn't make it to all the virtual Zoom, whatever meetings, you know, happy hours we did. I tried to get to as many as I could. Mm-hmm. But I just can't justify just sitting around talking about how much we miss hockey. Because <laughs> we all miss hockey, but... You know, I love hanging out with these guys. I used to hang out with them every week because we'd be at the rink playing hockey. But there's no hockey. I got other stuff to do. I'm going to go do that. Now, do I miss these friends? A lot. Am I annoyed with the name calling and the just being socially exiled? Well, yeah, it's, you know. I mean, it sucks. It's a sucky behavior. It is. We've already survived middle school. We've survived high school. I hated middle school then. I hate it. I hate it now. I know. I didn't play the games. I just said, well, to hell with it. I'm going to find somebody else that doesn't act like this. Yeah, I'm going to live my life. There's more to life than just being pressured to go sit in the driveway. Name calling is not the best way to have somebody change their behavior to your liking. Uh, Correct. Uh, And it's it's not the driveway because we've hung out in our driveway. We've done movies on the side of the house in our driveway. Yeah, we're doing some this weekend. Yeah, we got friends coming over doing it. But to... Say you got to drop everything right now and come over. I'm like, I actually do enjoy this this the blessing with to call it a blessing, I guess, with the silver. There is a silver lining. To the this. silver lining, thank you. The better way of putting it is the time with family, and I right. have enjoyed it because I really do love you and the kids, and we've had oh, a hectic yeah. schedule, and I've gotten to spend a lot of time with everybody, mm-hmm. and you have too. Maybe too much because they drive us nuts a little bit. They're little. <laughs> They're a little. They're but, loud. <laughs> but I just, you know, I'm not going to make it to every social gathering with every circle of friends and trying right. to balance our different groups of friends mm-hmm. um, can't always make it to every group's everything going on. Yeah, I mean, it's the same lesson we're trying to teach our kids when there are birthday parties and sports conflicts. We can't do everything. Right. We do some things some weeks well, and, and we do other things other weeks. And some of them are getting to that point where they are getting different circles of friends right. that do not intersect. Or very minimally intersect. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, watch what you say. Because you might be invited to a party and somebody else, because you've got a close relationship with the birthday kid. Yeah. But you might know somebody, and it's a small town, they know that other kid, but they're not close enough where they are at the party. Right. So don't tell them, like, well, you know, I'm, I'll see you at so-and-so's party. It's like, mm. Yeah, it's a hard life lesson. It is. But it needs to be learned. It's important. It especially is. Especially because apparently you become an adult and you go through a pandemic and you have to deal with the same thing I now. Know. I know. But there's this Kool-Aid, this this middle school mm-hmm. mentality mafia is drinking where it's just like, you're either here all the time or you're completely dead to us. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. And that Kool-Aid, like, 
The passive uh, conspiracy theorist Kool-Aid, chug away, folks, if you want to drink that one, cool. The still sheltering Kool-Aid, drink that up. The cautiously optimistic Kool-Aid, cool. But that middle school mentality Kool-Aid, boy, that needs to get watered down and put out to the pasture real soon. I agree. I'm mixing up my metaphors. But that's me. That's my four groups of with the circles that I interact with. What about you? I don't have four groups. Because you're not as nerdy as me? I'm not as... No, I am. I just... I'm tired. Um, I don't have four groups, and also, I didn't name them, because I am not as spiffy as you are. Spiffy. Yep, I said it. Um, but Can I, we call it spiffy when my hair is th- getting this long, and this, like... it's. I do like your sausage girl you have. <laughs> sausage girl? That's what they're called. Thanks for making my hair sound like it's a sausage it's from party. From the 50s. Woo! Oh, my God. If my hair is naturally wavy, curly, and so I usually cut it short, mm-hmm. so it's short enough where it can't curl on. And I haven't had a haircut since February. <laughs> now we're at the end of June. It's a fun time. Oh, <laughs> coronavirus! God. It's great. Between long hair and then just the bald spot in the back. Aww. Maybe if it keeps going, it'll just be a comb over to like a kind of like that aging hippie ponytail we used to see through the eighties and nineties. I forbid it. Well. No. At least the barbershops are starting to open up. I'm I'm trying to, like, hold off, not because I'm scared of going, but, like, there's some people who desperately need to go. People who have to go to an office every day, who have yeah. to work in customer service every day and need it. They need the haircut more than the guy who works from a home office and uh, does telecommuting. Agreed. And, yeah. My stylist is open now, too, but I haven't contacted her yet because of the same reasons you just yeah. mentioned. I mean, I can, I can suffer through another week or two without a haircut probably not much longer because it's driving me nuts um <laughs> and i'll take the boys and we'll all get our haircuts but hopefully by then the people who are desperately rushing and have to get in there because they need to look professional mm-hmm. can get in get their haircuts and then we can get in before they're back for their next round of haircuts right it's kind of like you know anytime you know if you if there's food missing at the grocery store which there's been a lot of that going on lately if you don't desperately need it when you finally see it you can wait till the next shipment shows up. Yeah. You don't need to go and hoard all the stuff. You don't have to, you know. What? You don't need 70 packs of chicken legs all at once? I don't need 800 packets of ramen noodles, especially when I'm on a low-carb diet. No, your children do. Well, they I, love it. They do, <laughs> but we don't, you know, we picked up uh, two boxes of 12 for them. Yeah, that'll last us for months. Will it? Yeah, it will. I depend. Well, here's the thing. Somebody said, oh, I've got four bananas on the counter, and they disappeared immediately because suddenly the kids all love bananas. So I went and bought two dozen bananas for everybody who loves bananas. And they sat there and they rotted because everybody hates bananas. Same sort of thing. It's like the ramen's all disappearing. Everyone's looking for ramen because apparently they haven't been to college yet and they're sick of it yet. (laughs) So I went and, you know, there was just cases and cases to the ceiling. I bought two cases of 12 little packets each mm-hmm. so you're telling me no one's eating the ramen now uh, no because we've sort of limited this is like the behavioral economics of children we've limited the amount one particular child can eat of the ramen because if it were up to her she would eat it oh, the every single day all day long all three meals it would be ramen ramen or cornflakes yeah, special k she's gonna eat cereal for breakfast yeah but yeah she would eat it actually i know what you're talking about now that kid this morning, because we got up and we went for a run, mm-hmm. and 
It's kid one. Sorry. <laughs> it's kid one. But uh, she had a protein bar because I told her we got to get up. We got to go early because uh, I had a video conference call that I needed to be back for. Mm-hmm. And we were going downtown. And today was the first day I took her out on the beach run, which was the first route I did when I was in cross country. It's one of the oldest ones we have at that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sisters ran it. So we went. We ran the, the normal cross country warm up loop, which is a half mile. She ran the whole thing. And then we went and ran the beach run. She made it a mile and a quarter before walking. She actually ran That's the whole two-mile route. And we caught, because there are a few spots where you have to cross roads and stoplights, mm-hmm. we caught the crosswalks perfectly both times. So we didn't have to wait oh, around for those. Oh, that's awesome. So she didn't have to stop. She didn't have to stop. She did break down to a walk after a mile and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And we walked for about 400 meters, and then she ran the rest. That's so good. So we are so close to a full two miles, which would be her goal for the end of August. We're at the end of June. We're good. two months ahead of schedule. Perfect. Yeah. She's going to be awesome in the fall. I really hope so. I just hope she has fun. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, so my group of friends, when I was thinking about this, I have an entire group of friends who think that it's time to be open. The governor of their state says it's time to be open, and they are embracing being open. They are running arms wide open into the world, and they're doing all of the things all at once. And then the rest of us I'm are just like... envisioning like... Throwing the bras in the air and running free. It is basically what they're doing. Free love. As it's... they're running to Disney and um, SeaWorld. Is Disney open? Disney's open. Oh, okay. At least I, I think it's a. Some of the amusement parks are for sure yeah, open. Some no, of them not... are in the process of opening, but yes, they are open. And these people are just like, yes, we're going to go to this park. Are we're they running out buying motorcycles and, and saying, to hell with the helmets? We are going to go to the restaurants and we're going to sit shoulder to shoulder next to everybody and we're going to eat all this food and we're going to laugh and hug our friends and, and touch all of the things. Are they making up for lost time and, and living life? I Honestly, I don't know. I do know one person in particular has said... Um, Give me the hell out of this house. That, I hate all these people. No, she oh. said that her life, to her, life has meaning when they are constantly doing activities and going on adventures she strives to make every day an adventure for her kids well that's cool well to an extent that's, a, that's a conversation for a different day yeah. um and she said that this whole covid quarantine thing has made her seriously depressed to the point where life is just not even worth living and she honestly she was like if this goes on much longer i am going to kill myself because this right, is well, not a way to live so red flags going off all over the place of there. course but so she's one of the people that's like, yes, time to do the things. And she's off doing the things. And those of us that are like, no, look, those of you the, guys numbers, offering, the numbers are saying don't do this yet. Aside from don't do this yet, wear a mask, you know, maybe carry some hand sanitizer, go to a distillery and get some hand sanitizer. <laughs> are they a leaf? At least a leaf. This is good whiskey. We need. <laughs> are they at least. Uh, also recommending, like, um, maybe you need to talk to somebody. We have recommended that. Okay. And we've recommended, you know, normal health precautions with right. masks and hand washing. And she's like, no, we don't have to wear the masks in my state, so we are not doing that. We are doing all of the normal things without precautions. I assume they wash their hands. Hope when she's sometimes. at the restaurant, she's not, like, rubbing up on people um, you don't want to be rubbed up on. The, That's actually a Right. So this particular group of people... And this person in particular, um, they turn around and none of us are doing these things with her or them. And she's like, hey guys, come on, let's go and have fun together. And we're all like, no, we don't want to. And she said, okay, I'm going to go live my life and you guys will sit in your houses and rot. And that's 
I mean, that's basically the extent of it. There's that no name sounds, calling, I mean, that kind of sounds like you and your your one main group of uh, friends are the cautiously optimistic, and this one's the middle school mentality with some other side things going on. Well, She's got some... That, there's no name calling, though. It's just like, fine, you do you, but you're not going to have any fun, and I'm going to go and have all the fun in your life. It's a little bit of the peer pressure part. A little bit. I mean, she's not really... This particular person is not advocating for anybody to, like, go and do it or else, but... Well, it's a little passive-aggressive. It's like, well, fine, sit home and be losers. It's implied. It is, yeah. That's true about that particular person. But, you know, it's it's interesting to watch people sort of decide, COVID's over, we're going to go and right back to our regular lives without any sort of precaution or thought about... How contagious the virus is. When we used to, when we used to talk about our branch of psychology, Mm -hmm. we would ask, you know, intro to psych students or even just general freshmen, like, why would you want to do this part of psychology or psychology? It's like, at the airport, do you like the people watch? Do you like to see the action? So much fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) People watching at the airport, it is a pastime. Well, you know, and that's that's us. You and I just find it fascinating. When we get layovers at the airport, we love sitting there and watching the other people and trying to figure out what's going on and, you know, their backstory and what can we pick up on and how they respond to the different stresses of air travel and everything, which is funny because it's like, if you like people watching at the airport, this is a feel for you. And then I spend my my dissertation at the airport watching people. Mm Mm-hmm. But and then here we are. So we we find this stuff fascinating. It's not fun to live through it because humans have emotions. Yeah. And they care. And I'm sure me not showing up and you not showing up there is hurting them. Well, yeah, because you know friends miss each other and they yeah. want to hang out. And, and then like, like shutting us, you know, either passive aggressively or very very prominently, prominently, overtly. Yes. Dismissing you, as, or in my case, dismissing me. Um, yeah, it hurts. And it's not like we're trying to hurt each other, but it's difficult times that everyone's got to weed through this and make it through the muck, and we'll all come out on the other side, and hopefully everyone's still friends. Exactly. The goal is to still have friends after this. At least some. At least we got a few circles we can hang out with, but <laughs> like we might be missing a few. Well, hopefully it all comes back together. I don't know, like, there's also something to said for just time apart and fondness when you finally see each other. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, can we Anyways, please talk about something All right, let's happening? talk about something else. Please. You sound like you should have a drink. So what are I you am having, having a drink. tonight? I'm, uh, I'm having whiskey. <laughs> I know you're shocked. Very shocked. Yeah. Didn't see this coming at all. I'm having uh, the North Coast Rye from Traverse City Whiskey Company. It's a Michigan whiskey, because mm-hmm. I love Michigan products, being a Michigan kid. This one, though, I like rye. I really, I mean, bourbons are nice, but I also most of the time like rye. Now, we had uh, a bottle of Traverse City Whiskey. Uh, we had their bourbon we took with us on vacation last summer with the kids. We also took a traveler pack from Journeyman <laughs> down in Three Oaks, Michigan. Made it all disappear over the vacation. Like if you go to a water park for a week with extended family and four children of your own, you yeah. are going to need a drink or two. So their night. bourbon was really, really smooth, really nice. Uh, so I decided to give uh, their rye a try, and that's what I'm having tonight. And this is just great. I really like the flavor. I like the way it's the smoothness, the richness. I like the way it almost just feels like it melts right on your tongue. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm having it tonight. I'm having it neat. 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 And it doesn't need anything. It's great by itself. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, do they sponsor us? No. No, I just didn't have fun drinking it tonight. <laughs> and you, you are definitely not drinking something neat. No, lots of ice cubes. It looks like it's fun. Lots of ice cubes in my drink. No. I am actually drinking a variation of a drink we talked about called a macaw, which is a take on the old tiki bar drink, uh, Jungle Bird. So it's got dark rum, it's got Campari, it's got keto simple syrup and lime juice, and then I topped it off this time with black raspberry ice seltzer water. Nice. Yeah, it's delicious. I love it. But mostly because it has a bunch of dark. And you have your socially responsible metal straw on there. I do. I want to save turtles. Those photos were very powerful in getting people to change their behavior. They were. I'm. I was honestly shocked. Not only did it get people to change behavior, I'm surprised how long that change has lasted. Because usually that kind of thing causes a big, a big stir. Mm -hmm. People do a short-term change, but they don't stick with it, and. The number of restaurants and establishments and just people at home who are... Paper straws are everywhere now. Paper straws. I hate paper straws. Actually, like the metal ones more, but I understand it. I understand at restaurants why we're doing paper straws. Yeah. Or actually... No straws. No straws. Uh, We were out at a brewery last week, and it was plastic cups. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. That's fine. Actually, it's kind of fun because when you order a few different beers and they get them delivered, they can write the name of the beer on the side of it, although they were... Using the initials for them, so sometimes I had to think what it was because it was like four or five words to the name. Honestly, I didn't even know they were in plastic cups. I didn't notice. Well, it was nice of the name. I was like, okay, which one's mine? Which one's yours? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, here's the names on them. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to think, what hue of golden brown orange is this? <laughs> <laughs> which one's mine and which one's yours? Well, cheers, darling. Cheers. Okay, after that bummer of an intro... If we have anyone still listening, um, so. you know, I, you know what, if we don't, fine. I just want to get on to a happier topic just for us. Cause part of this thing is just us talking to each other. Mm-hmm. How was your week? My week's pretty awesome. We had virtual Girl Scout camping this past weekend. It was so much fun. So my daughter, um, every summer she looks forward to going to the local summer camp programs that are put on by our community of Girl Scouts. And this year, due to COVID, they had to cancel all of the um, they had to cancel all of the camping activities. So she she was super bummed. But our fantastic leaders came up with virtual camping for them, and they had a whole schedule of events, of various things that they could do, and they were really great. But we sort of decided as a family to stray away from the prescribed events, and we kind of came up with our own. So for our virtual Girl Scout camping. We went fishing. We went swimming. We went, Kid one and I ran a virtual 5K. Right. We actually did a little shooting, which I'm not wild about, but we have BB Look, guns. I was a Boy Scout and a Cub Scout, and part of summer camp was going to the range, mm-hmm. and you did archery, which... I love archery. I think it's I too. fun. Uh, and if I had gone over to my dad's house, I could have gotten my old compound bow, which is... The perfect size for a 10 to 12 year old. I don't know that that's a good idea to have around kid number three at the moment. Well, the other part of it is like if we, the direction we have to shoot it, it goes into a ravine. I don't oh, know yeah, we're not going down there to, to get, get the arrows. arrows. <laughs> but with the BB guns, 
you know, there we got to shoot. We had paper targets. I hung up two My clotheslines. My favorites were the paper zombies. We, they were zombies on paper. We were shooting into a very large ravine, so no one's going to get hurt. No. Um, it was fun. The kids, the kids we ran, actually liked it. We ran proper range protocol, just like if they were at summer camp. Mm-hmm. We learned safety behaviors for handling a, a weapon. Yes. So that was very important. Kept it downrange at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, pump action, BB guns, so you know they weren't CO2, so I had to pump them for but, them. But we went over how to use the safety, how to aim. How not to point the gun at loved ones. Yeah. Well, we had to keep it down all range, time, down range at all times, or you were done. Yeah. We had to learn how to use the sights. Mm-hmm. Um. So this, the kids loved it. They thought it was really, really neat because they've never done it before. So they were like, "Yeah, this is super cool." And then, and then they were done with it, and that was fun. Yeah. We, then they moved down to go, we, go play in the yard. Um. You and I did a little bit more shooting after they gave up. Yeah, I got really upset that I couldn't hit my targets because I guess the sights were off. Sure. Blame the equipment. I am going That's to like we do in hockey. I missed the goal. My Something's wrong with my stick. <laughs> Completely <laughs> went wide. We had an outdoor movie on the side of the house. We had the projector set up, and we actually hooked the one of the DVD players up to it because the computers wouldn't play the DVDs. Well, mine doesn't even have a drawer okay, for well, a, a disc. Mine does, but it said, no, I don't know what this is. Well, whatever. I grabbed a, one of the Blu-ray players from inside, hooked it up to the mini projector, and shot it on the side of the house. We had speakers going. Yep, it was great. We watched Oscar, and if you guys have never seen the movie Oscar with Sylvester Stallone, I highly recommend it because it is hilarious. Going into it, people should know this was originally, I believe it was originally a uh, a play, a stage play. Really? And if you look at how it's run, it It really was totally run like a play. And it's campy and it's funny, but there's so Tim many. Curry's in it. It was a passion project. Everybody's in it. Marissa Tomei's in it. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone plays a gangster who promises. Donatici's in it. Yeah, promises his father on his deathbed that he will go straight. He will stop his life of crime. And so this is the morning of his first day as an honest man. And, I mean, they make fun of they make Sylvester Stallone's making the fun or of the fact that he can't even speak well because he's going yes. to a, a speech therapist basically. Yes. Um, All right, so it's it's fun. The kids enjoyed it. It was. It's one of those guilty pleasure movies from when I was a kid, and uh, our kids, we gave them a few different choices, and they picked that. They actually picked it over Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we also pitched a tent. And, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, yeah, we did. We set up a tent in the yard. <laughs> it's called pitching a tent. It's not my fault. That it's a... What's not talking about oh, pitching yeah. a tent in public? Um, so the boys actually step, slept in the tent in the yard, and the girls... Um, we made an indoor. <laughs> That's because well, I'm laughing because it was a clear night, and while it was, it was a beautiful night, it would it have was been beautiful perfect day. for all of us. It was to in the, se- in the 70s during the day. During the movie, when the sun went down, though, it got cold fast. It did. It was 41 right. <laughs> overnight. Um, the reason that the girls stayed inside and actually made an indoor fort was because my back has been uh, very severely aggravated, and I just could not. Stomach the idea of sleeping on an air mattress on the ground. Well, that was actually a, one of the things from the Girl Scout program that we did keep because they said, you know, if you have a tent, pitch it in the backyard and camp out in the backyard. Mm-hmm. But they know that most of the girls don't have camping tents right. available. 
So it was make a fort. They had different plans for doing different couch cushion forts and it was pretty cool. Um, Kid number one and I set up her fort up on our uh, landing on the upstairs part of our house, and we used part of the balcony for it. And so we threw a blanket over the balcony and we propped it up with laundry baskets and really large kid toys. And then I actually hung Christmas lights. We found some in her closet. <laughs> so I hung Christmas lights from At the balcony. At least they were in the closet. It wasn't like, oh, our Christmas tree is still up. We'll move around. <laughs> oh, it's like you're in a forest. Yeah. No, <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been um, sad. So we hung the Christmas lights on the inside of the fort, and then it was like all magical in there. And she said, ooh, yeah, this is teenagery. I like it. And she lined the perimeter. I mean, we, we did have Christmas lights up in our dorm rooms in totally college. Totally did, and they were fantastic. Um, but she lined the perimeter of her fort with pillows, so no matter which way she rolled, she was going to hit something soft in the middle of the night. She put her sleeping bag in there, put all of her lovies in there, had a couple books, and I think her phone. And she, yeah, she was good to go. Kid number four was supposed to sleep in the fort, but she couldn't hang. She had to go to bed. Well, the thing is, when you project a movie on the side of your house, you have to wait till sunset. And we are on the, being on the west coast of Michigan, we are on the western edge of the eastern time zone. Yes. So sunset's pretty late here. So by the time the movie started, it was already well past her bedtime. Mm -hmm. The kid made it until the final scene of the movie, and then she was out. Right. Took her inside, and then of course we had to wake her back up because it's like uh, you got to go pee before bed, kid. We you are not flooding your mattress tonight. No, she had a meltdown at that point. I was like, oh, <laughs> you are going in your bed. That's the end of you. Good night. So, and then we also did cooking as we part did. of our campaign. Kid so meal, much fun. Kid meal this week uh, was. All the camping food. And we tried to simulate that camping experience. Now, we don't have a fire pit in our yard. And I wasn't going to go dig up my lawn <laughs> to build one. The thought did cross my mind. but crossed my mind, too, but I just don't want to right now. So we, we as best as possible, simulated. And I tried to think about when I used to go camping. Now, now we went off script on the, uh, the Girl Scout meals for a couple of reasons. One of them was because the meals were not low carb. And that's important for us. Right. The other part was, um, so when I was in Scouts, <laughs> my my troop leaders were not your typical troop leaders. Like, we, yeah, we you could sell, we'd sell popcorn if you wanted popcorn, but it re- that's not where our main money came from. We worked at the recycling center every weekend. Hmm. And once a month, we would load a semi-trailer full of newspapers, and we could pay for it. So we had enough money where we went on a camping trip every single month. Wow. And we went on these camping trips. We'd look around, and occasionally we run into other trips, and they were doing, like, their one camping trip of the year. They're, you know, they're doing four a year. We're doing one a month. Mm-hmm. And they're there in their little uniforms, little brown shirts, and their little scarves and dorky shorts. And we're there, and we're wearing, like, whatever we picked up from the Army Surplus store. We look like, you know, some sort of militia. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Or, you know, whatever. We're out there with all our stuff. Uh, we played a lot of capture the flag. We had a Vietnam veteran as one of our leaders who was, yeah, it was very kind of oh. military. Uh, we also, we also though, one of our leaders was a PhD in food science. That's awesome. Who worked at one of the local corporations. And so he came out. So we had the Coleman stove that everyone has. We had the, uh, the Dutch oven, the cast iron pot that you mm-hmm. put with the coals. We had the cast iron skillets. We, we had the same materials. We used the same kind of mess kits. All the other scouting troops do. But we would look around the campsites when we were at larger campsites and like, oh, they're roasting hot dogs on sticks. 
oh, they're doing, you know, the foil meal with the, you know, hamburger, potato, carrots, and foil thrown in the fire. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there and we're doing like three and four quarters meals. We're having, <laughs> you know, we're making tamales by hand and roasting with Spanish fried rice. We did surf and turf one night. That's so much fun. A lot of different cobblers in the Dutch ovens. Uh, just all these gourmet meals. So I wanted to kind of impart part of that into our kids. Like just because you're roughing it or you're camping or simulating camping like this doesn't mean you can't have a, a nice dinner. Right. So using the materials you would have, instead of a Coleman stove, we used our our stove in our mm-hmm. kitchen. Instead of using a fire pit and coals, we used the oven. Mm-hmm. But the preparation was the same way. So for dinner... The drink was bug juice, which if you've been to summer camp, you know bug juice is just Kool-Aid or whatever, or generic brand Kool-Aid, watered down. And they made that, mm-hmm. put a little bit, and we gave them, I gave them the instruction of a little bit more water than the recipe called for. And then we did uh, some foil meals. We did corn on the cob and foil with seasonings and butter. We did another foil packet with Brussels sprouts. We did another foil packet with portobello mushroom caps. And then an entire head of garlic that I so good. cut the very top of the garlic head off uh, to expose all the cloves, mm-hmm. peeled most of the loose uh, paper off the sides, and put it in there with the mushrooms and some olive oil, sealed that up. So when it came out, it was just it's perfect garlic. Roasted garlic is great where you can just squeeze it. It comes out almost like butter. Mm-hmm. It melts on your tongue. Uh, we did another foil packet with mini Yukon Gold potatoes. Yes, that is not low carb, but the kids it, wanted them. Kids actually were trying to decide between Spanish, uh, Spanish rice, <laughs> potatoes, and kid one wanted potatoes, and she was the one doing all the cooking on this. And then broke out the big cast iron skillet, and kid one made us porterhouse steaks. She did need a little help when it came time to flip the steaks. Yeah, she was kind of scared. Uh, so I flipped them for, her, but she did the rest of the cookery on that. And then dessert. Dessert was s'mores nachos. This was straight out of the Girl Scouts playbook. This was out of the Girl Scouts playbook, and it went horribly wrong. <laughs> so Well, they actually were not completely out of the Girl Scouts cookbook. The recipe was out of the Girl Scouts cookbook, but then they said, put it in the oven. And I'm like, no, 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 we're simulating camping. So we were doing the movie outside, and I had two little sterno burners yeah. and some bricks, and I just we put it in one of those foil things you get right. at the store to cook your turkey in or whatever, the disposable pans. And kid we one just left it there. We, just we left. got into the movie, and then like I we're like, oh, it smells good. It smells good, and we didn't think anything of it. And then it smelled really weird. And I said, kid number one, I think you need to go check on your s'mores nachos. And she I think said, we need to say what s'mores nachos are. Okay, so yeah. it's s'mores nachos is it's basically s'mores only a little bit different. You're so not you, using tortilla chips. You're using graham crackers. You put a layer of graham crackers down inside of your um, whatever it is you're cooking this in. And then you put a layer of mini marshmallows on top of that. And then you cover it in chocolate. And so basically we took Hershey bars and we broke it up into the teeny tiny rectangles. And we sprinkled those all over the marshmallows. And then we also added caramel. um, Just caramel bits. Yeah, caramel bits and peanut butter bits to make it a little more flavorful. So then you put more marshmallows on top of that and a little bit more chocolate on top of that. And then you cover the top in foil and you stick it in the oven or wherever. I really hope our friend, the dietitian, is Mm -hmm. listening to this so that the professional side of her can be appalled (laughs) and almost envision uh, Wilford Brimley going diabetes. Diabetes. And the mother side of her can go, 
totally replicating that with my girls. Right. So it it was supposed by the way, to be good. Her girls would absolutely love this, and so would she. Every single little kid on the she just can't bring it to this. the office. Um, they so might take away her like the license. Idea, the idea. <laughs> I'm the idea kidding. Of it was for everything to get all sort of melty, and then once it's just right, just a little you, caramelization on the marshmallows. Right, you take the graham crackers and you pull it just like you're pulling a chip with regular nachos, and it's covered in cheese and all kinds of good goodness. Um, and that it just didn't happen because we got into the movie and we ignored it, and then it started to smell weird and. Kid number one finally went over and checked on it, and she said, oh, I think it's done. And it was, it was very melty. Just tell her they're and Cajun s'more nachos. So they, I, I said, I don't know if these are good. And she said, yeah, we're going to eat it. And I said, okay. So I went and I got four plates, and I scooped it onto four plates, and all the kids had them. And kids two through four were like, mm, no, we just want some regular graham crackers now. And kid number one was like, yes. This is amazing. I'm going to eat she all of it. She was being stubborn, and she was she, the chef. Yeah, but it... I had also told her when we started this whole thing, part of camping is that if you're the cook, you have to eat your mistakes. Well, That's there we go. Learn. That explains it. Um, it was very But I wasn't easy. making her eat this one, so. It was very easy for me to say, no, I'm not going to have a little sneaky bite of that this time. <laughs> Apparently, graham crackers emit well, an odor when you burn them. Yeah, well, they do. <laughs> That was that was the movie dessert, and then the next morning we had breakfast. The boys and I woke up early. Uh, I was cold because I didn't have a sleeping bag. I just had blankets. Uh, I have not been camping outside in a very long time. Me too. The boys were fine. Uh, they were in their sleeping bags. Kid three actually needed some help being taken out of his sleeping bag because he was so, so far down in there. He's like a little ball in there in a sack. He couldn't figure out which way was out. But we went inside, and we're like, well, we're hungry. So uh, they went up and roused uh, Kid One from her nest, because this was her, you know, we're doing this big adventure because she's the Girl Scout. Right. Uh, she came down, and she made pancakes in the skillet and uh, scrambled eggs in the skillet, and then uh, I made my own coffee, and I, you know, in true roughing it fashion, made it in the Keurig. Me too. But we all survived, and Hooray! it was fun, and they're asking to do it again. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe later this summer. We'll see how it was. It, the nice part was it was cold enough uh, that the mosquitoes weren't out bothering yes. us. Uh, it was warm enough during the movie where just a sweatshirt or, you know. We had everybody put on fuzzy jammies. Yeah, they're fuzzy jammies and a sweatshirt. They were fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did get chilly overnight, but the kids' sleeping bags and blankets were enough, and they had yoga mats underneath them for insulation. Right. So I think I was the only one that got cold overnight. I was cold. You were in the house. This is better. I was in so our cold. bed. Well, I was cold. I think you're like 25 pound blanket on top of you. Yeah, it's still cold. Although uh, I got to sleep like a starfish, and that was fantastic. All right. <laughs> well, it was fun. So cheers to that, and let's move on to the main feature. I love cheersing. This is something we've been building up to for a while. We've alluded to, but we're going to dive right in. And that is building your own performance plan. Now, this is something where we could break down each step and we could spend multiple podcasts looking at the subcomponents of each step in this process. But we really wanted to lay out, and you and I have talked about this for a while, 
we wanted to lay out the general process in one podcast. And then as we go through the episodes, and if you haven't noticed yet, if you are a regular listener, you probably have noticed, we kind of cycle through our topics. We don't do just a whole bunch of food episodes in a row or a whole bunch of exercise episodes in a row or a whole bunch of performance management, self-management, performance plan episodes in a row, which so far it's been goal setting. Mm -hmm. We mix them up just to keep it fresh, not only for all of you listening, but for us. Yeah. This one's going to lay out the general process of how you build a plan. And it's going to be at a high level. So don't expect us to go nitty gritty with it and down in the weeds. We're going to try to stay out of the weeds. <laughs> try. We'll see what we can do. We've done this a lot. Yes, we have. You've taught this at the graduate and undergraduate levels. Yes, I have. You've taught this in business settings. Yes, I have. You've been teaching this to middle school and high schoolers. I have, without them even really knowing it, because it's built into my coaching and my program. Right. Uh, it's a little bit easier with them, too, because we don't have to go and search out the goals and targets. We know what they are because it's really simplistic. We're running a race. Mm -hmm. And you know, not only have I taught this in various populations and settings and groups, I've got how many several volumes I'm looking over at my my desk that I've turned out of projects we've done. Not just you and I have done, but people I've taught have then done projects, presented, published papers on it. And mm -hmm. we've got that in volumes. So we've done this. Now, the manner in which we're presenting this, we could get super nerdy with this. We could go down in the weeds. And if we got any of our friends who are in behavioral psychology, behavior analysis, even psychology, they could go, oh, what about this and this and get really technical. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> we really are. We're presenting this for a non-technical. And by non-technical, I mean a non-psychologist group. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't mean dumb. I don't mean stupid. People are very intelligent. I just mean we aren't going to use a bunch of technical jargon terms. we're not going to use uh, a bunch of terms and have to go and define everything that are just you have to be in the know get in the club forget that no this is for everybody this is for everybody a general audience so you don't have to be a psychologist in fact if you are a psychologist great you can still benefit from listening to this if you're taking you know an undergraduate graduate you're out in the field maybe you need a refresher maybe this isn't in your specialty great we're helping you out with that but for everybody else, it's there for you and it should be accessible. And hopefully, if we do a good job with this, it is accessible. Now, this isn't a one-size-fits-all approach, at least not for the general audience. It'll work for the easier, more approachable problem sets, challenges. But sometimes there are complex issues in life. And the more complex the issue, the harder it is to do a self-help approach to it. And so if doing it yourself isn't making progress, you aren't getting the results you want long-term. I mean, don't expect like, well, I tried this out. I wanted to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, not now. <laughs> now he's starting to look like Buddha. Uh, Is he? Yeah, I did two reps of lifting with weights and I didn't get giant biceps. I'm not going to win Mr. Universe. Like, come on, give it time. Be reasonable. But over time, if you're not getting the results you need, and it's a more complex issue, and there's maybe health benefit, health complications or something, see a professional. Go get professional assistance with this. Mm -hmm. Whether it is a, a coach, life coach, performance coach, 
personal trainer, doctor, doctor, you can go see behavioral psychologists and they'll help you do this type of management. But we're laying out the base model that you can do yourself. It's kind of like when you're working on your car. There's some things with your car, you can do that self-maintenance yourself and save yourself a bunch of money. But sometimes your vehicle is so banged up, you need to take it to a professional certified mechanic. Same way, in this case, you, your body, that's your high-performance vehicle. You can do some tune-ups. You can do some work on it. This is part of that. Mm -hmm. But if there's a serious issue, please go see a credentialed professional. And then also the last piece is we are presenting this in the context of fitness and athletic training in regards to, especially in mental health and mental and cognitive and behavioral training, those issues are much more complicated than most athletic training problem sets. For those, you really should go see a professional, a credentialed professional in your area. Yeah, you need to have a one-on-one for that. In terms of, I just want to exercise more, I want to run more, I want to run a little faster, I want to improve that stuff, most people can handle that on their own. Yep. In the case of the you know friend Jess you were talking about earlier who has said some statements, put up those red flags of possibly wanting to hurt herself or terminally hurt herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a self-help situation. That is a professional help situation and possibly an urgent one. Yep. Depending on how hard she's pushing on that, but it's definitely not, well, let's just wait and see. And it's definitely not, well, let's give her a self-help book or give her like (laughs) seven easy steps and she'll solve it herself. It's like, no, you need help. And it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help. So please, if you feel you're in that circumstance, don't use these kind of steps to solve it yourself. Go get help. Go find somebody that's qualified in your area that can actually help you with this in yes. person, one-on-one. But if you're just looking to lose some weight or tone up some muscle or train for a race or improve learn your a new speed, skill. learn a new skill, here you go. Yep. Here's how you can do it at home. Step number one, goal setting. With this, you are going to look at what the big picture is. What is it that you ultimately want to achieve? Do you want to lose 150 pounds? Do you want to learn to throw a shot put correctly? Do you want to be able to swim 2,000 meters in the pool within an hour? Do you want to finish an Ironman race? Yeah. And and it's like with brainstorming. You know, if you remember back to school when you're doing the brainstorming bubbles and everything, don't just shoot every idea down. Yeah. What What is it? Big picture. What do you want? Right. You've got to know. You've got to lay this out. This is where you're deciding what your ultimate end-of-the-line goal is for you and your thing that you want to do. Big picture idea. There is no wrong answer. Right. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Then we get to step two, which is to refine and define your goal. This is where you start whittling it down and shaping it to make it something that's understood and manageable. So is it realistic? An example of that is I want to win Olympic gold. <laughs> Great. You know what? Uh, I'm not winning it. In, Go ahead, 40 no, year old Marco. You know, there are actually some sports, you know, I probably maybe in you curling. Could be good at archery. I think Gina Davis did that. Yeah. Curling and uh, what is, some of the, the equestrian sports, even though I have no idea how to ride a horse, but there's some people who are older and maybe some of the sailing sports. You probably can do it at an older age. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, but I'm not winning Olympic gold in gymnastics <laughs> at 40 years old. 
I'm not winning Olympic gold in ice hockey. I am way too old for that. Um, that ship has long since sailed. So it's not a realistic goal. Now, I can set my goal to be better, to win the beer league championship or something like that, or I just want to skate faster or I want to score more goals or be more accurate or just be, you know, something of that. I want to cross the finish line and, you know, an Ironman is a great one. I want to qualify for a marathon, you know, those kind of things. Those are good and those are realistic goals. Mm-hmm. Winning the Boston Marathon, probably not realistic for most people out there. Now, there are some people out there because somebody's got to win it. Yeah. Uh, but that's an elite level athlete that you just, most of us have to just sit back and be in awe of what they do. Right. But running in that marathon, or if you are a marathon running, running a faster time than you've done before, those are realistic goals. Also, while you're doing this refining, look at, is it something that's completely under your control? I want to be a billionaire by the time I'm 50. Don't we all? Yeah. Not completely under my control. There's a lot of other pieces there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another better example would be weight. Weight is mostly under your control, but there's some biological things going on. You have metabolism. There's, you know, for us, we talked about the holy trinity of weight loss, which is sleep, exercise, and diet. Those have to be perfectly in. Well, there's this thing called life, and you got work to do and kids, and you can't always keep it in perfect balance. There's hormonal issues. There are. Uh, and there's, you know, times of the year throughout the year where you're, sure. you're retaining water, you get sick. Say you get, you know, not coronavirus, but say you just get norovirus and you're got everything coming out of both ends. Well, there's some weight loss, but it, once you're done being dehydrated, it all comes back. Plus you haven't worked out. And so you lose some muscle tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so losing weight is a good high level goal, but you got to keep in mind, it's not always completely under your control. So you got to refine it a little bit. Uh, winning a race. Not completely in control because you can't control who else is going to line up at the starting line. Now, exactly. you, you can shape that as, I want to improve my finish time. I want it to go down and down. That you can control because it's you and the clock. And the mm-hmm. clock's a constant. Can't control that. Uh, Mo Farah from Great Britain lined up in the line <laughs> next to you. Guess what? I don't care what the distance is. Mo's going to beat you. <laughs> Uh, if you're not familiar, he is a multi-Olympic gold medal runner. Is this goal you've laid out something that you can objectively assess? Uh, for example, I want to be happy. Okay, how do we how do we assess that? How do we measure that? How do we know what it's happy like? Your happy is different than my happy. Right. And my happy is different from my best friend's happy. Now, what you can do is define that further and you, you know, we're psychologists. So we can get totally nerdy and do uh, mood assessments and, you know, happiness assessments. And there's assessment tools out there we have at our disposal we can use. But, you know, in general, it's like if you, you tell a friend, my goal is in six months to be happy. Okay. Based on what? You need to break these down. That doesn't mean get rid of that big picture goal from step one. It just means refine it so you can have a definition of what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. If you said no to any of these questions, I don't know whether is it realistic? Is it completely under your control? Is it something that can be objectively assessed? Then you need to set a secondary goal below your big picture goal. You can call this a sub goal, secondary goal. Maybe you have a tertiary goal, you know, a third level. Now you can have all become, kinds of levels. Oh, yeah. Instead of winning Olympic gold, getting a personal record. Mm-hmm. 
my personal best time, my personal best performance. Maybe it is eventually winning beer league, but that's also not completely under my control. What I can do is work on my weights, my skating speed, my reaction time. There are several dumb mistakes I make when I play hockey. Maybe I can reduce the number of those mistakes I make. All helping me towards my end goal of winning the beer league championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's to win a race, well, that's not all under my control, but I can reduce my time. So then what do I need to reduce my time? Well, maybe it would help if I went running once in a while. Now, I'm actually on a streak of running every day. But if you're someone who's a couch potato uh, and your goal is to win a 5K, your sub-goal should be going running once a week, maybe twice a week, and working out how often do you go running, and then looking at your total 5K time once you can run a 5K. In terms of losing weight, okay, we've talked about there's multiple factors involved with losing weight, but it can get frustrating because you feel like you're doing everything right and the scale doesn't go, if you're putting on muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. So that can be frustrating too. So tweak it a little bit and while not giving up on your end goal weight, because look, I'm trying to lose weight too. I have a target weight I'm going for, but that's not my sub goal. That's the big picture goal. Sub goal are sticking to a specific diet and I have an exercise goal. And so you set these kind of goals. Mm -hmm. Focus on those on a day-to-day basis. Use those to help you get to that big picture goal. Don't just get hung up on a day-to-day basis with the big picture goal. In the example of being happy, that one's complicated. What makes you happy? Uh, you might need professional help with this one. You know, we gets back to it's okay to not be okay. But if you can tease out what makes you happy, if happiness is being more physically fit, if happiness is exercising more, if happiness is being spending time with your family, outdoor and active, those are all those sub-level goals that help you lead to happiness. And then you go, okay, I increase how many hours I spend playing with my kids each week. I increase how many times I go exercise every week. Those are things that are more under your control. They're objectively measured, and you can assess them. So once you tease out these secondary goals, these things that are manageable on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, they're not just the long-term big-picture goals, go back and double-check them. Are the sub-goals realistic? Are the sub-goals completely under your control? Are the sub-goals something that can be objectively assessed? And by objectively, it's like, not only do you know what it means, but if you were to explain it to somebody, could they sit next to you and also see the same thing you're seeing? If the answer is still no, then we're on the next layer of goals. And that's fine. It might get down and down and down in the weeds. But eventually, you're going to come to a yes. (laughs) Eventually, it's going to be realistic, under control, and objective. Which brings us to step number three, measure. So how are you doing now on working towards your goals and your sub-goals? How are you keeping track of whether or not you are meeting those goals each day or each week or whatever it is you've set for yourself? Some ways that you can do this. You can make a log. You can keep a journal. You can take pictures and selfies. You can use activity trackers and apps on your phones. I personally, I love taking pictures of Things that I eat if I'm working on my diet, and I like taking pictures if I'm on the treadmill. I will take a picture at the end of my treadmill session of how far I went and what my max speed was because that helps me on my exercise plan. Maybe you create an Instagram account 
Oh yeah. And set it. You can even set it to private. You don't even need any friends on it. It just becomes a place in the cloud to store all your photos, which are really just a daily diary entry mm -hmm. of what you're up to. You can do the same thing with food. If you're working on improving your diet or doing a specific type of diet, take pictures of the food that you're eating and keep a a food diary to keep track of all of that. Use your app on Once your phone you to track Once you go to a restaurant, calories. no one will think anything of it because everybody's out there taking Everybody pictures of their food. Everybody is doing it. It's hilarious. Look around the next time you go to a restaurant. Selfies all over the place. It's funny. Keep in mind, tracking or self-monitoring will result in a short-term change in behavior, which is great, but it's not long-lasting. So in most cases, the changes won't last Think New Year's resolutions where people are oh, yeah. done with it within, what, two weeks, a month? Yeah. And some might make it a little bit longer than others. Some only make it a day. But that's a case where you said, hey, I got this thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on my health. I'm going to increase exercise. Mm -hmm. Okay. Think about it. You, you, a lot of times, either you or someone you know has that short-term burst and it doesn't last. You're going to have the same thing here. So keep measuring. Don't go, oh, it's all fixed or, oh, this is all crap. It didn't work. Yeah, that's normal. Don't freak out. What you're really creating here is a baseline. What is your standard operating procedure? And you got to get over that initial hump of I'm self-monitoring. Yeah, because you might freak out and be like, yes, I have to do all the things because now I'm keeping track of it. Yeah. Stick with it. Let that initial wave actually die out and let it settle mm -hmm. uh, to baseline. Yep. It's kind of like uh, some stereos when you turn them on, you get that initial like crackle when the speakers come on. Mm -hmm. It's not crackling the whole time. Just let it do that original burst of electricity through it and then settle in before you start cranking out your tunes. For many people, if it is a behavior you want to increase, like exercise, there's a good chance your baseline is just plain zero. Now, if you're already an athlete or you're already pretty active and you want to be more active or increase a certain type of training, uh, this won't be the case. But again, for the majority of people, their baseline level is, oh, I run a 5K every other year. <laughs> or my mom came to town and I took a lap around the neighborhood with her for a walk. After dinner, my belly was full. We were hunting for Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I ran around the yard. Woo! Yeah. So your baseline might be zero, which case it's really easy to get going on this. If you are more active and you're looking to use this kind of plan to ramp it up a notch, plan on doing a baseline for a little while. And those, See where you're at. Well, and those, that initial response when you started self-monitoring might be a little bit longer lasting, that initial bump that you get. So it might take a little bit longer for that to level out before you move on to the next step, mm -hmm. which is to assess your progress, to look at that baseline you've measured. Assess your progress. Look at that baseline you've been measuring and see what you've got. Now, you don't have to be an expert at the analysis of data. You Look, you either know, is it going, is it improving or not? The line going up or down. Yeah. Or staying well, same. Well, you're graphing, but it's like, is it getting better or not? Mm-hmm. Look, you're not trying to publish this in some peer-reviewed journal or something. <laughs> you're just trying to be a better you. Right. So don't freak out. It's, you know, when I worked in road construction in college and stuff, back when I was civil engineering days, it was good enough for county work. We're just building a road here. We're not, you know, building something, a rocket going to the moon. It doesn't take the same level of precision. We're not down to, like, why you're making faces at me. I have a hard time with that because I am a perfectionist. So it's tricky. Look, it's hard to dial it in for me. We get down to like a, a tenth of a meter, good enough. Oh my god. <laughs> now, 
Now you get you're off by a tenth of a meter in NASA, you're probably gonna blow something up. Hopefully you're not. You're off by a tenth of a meter building an asphalt road. Yeah, who cares? Uh, the water's still gonna go into the drain. So same thing here. Good enough. Is it improving? Are you good? Is he getting the results you want? That's what matters. Mm-hmm. If you have some friend who's like in a master's program who's going, oh, you won't publish. Who cares? This isn't about trying to get it published. It's trying to be a better you. Go for it. So assessing your progress might seem like common sense as we lay this out in a podcast, but honestly, many people forget to do this. They put in a program, or they actually just even start self-monitoring and call that their program. Mm -hmm. They have a goal, and then they forget to look at how they're doing. They just get sick of doing it and give up. Look at your data. Look, and whether your data is hard data you've collected and put into a table and graphed, or if it's just a bunch of selfies, look at what you've created. Look at your collection and see how's it going. How's it trending? Are you continuing to improve? Great. Keep recording. Keep doing what you're doing. Is it starting to level off? Is it starting to get a little worse? Well, if that's the case, then it's time to step in there and build a plan to intervene. Which brings us to... Step number five. Build your plan. And for this, we are going to talk about the ABCs. Can we bring Kid Foreign? She knows all about her ABCs. She does know the ABCs. That's so exciting. But not those ABCs. You know how many times I've caught her just in a like off playing in the playroom and she's singing the ABC song she to herself? She that song. She does. It's her and jam. She knows all the words to it. In order. She's ready for preschool. She is. But we're not going to talk about those ABCs. Okay. Let's try to do this without getting too nerdy. Oh, that'll be hard. We're going to talk about... The ABCs of behavior. So we're going to start with A for antecedents. Woo! Antecedents are things that set the stage for your behavior. These are quick fixes. They are they do not have very much lasting power. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes. The minority of cases, you get lucky. But the majority of times, they help. They move things along. They grease the wheels. Mm-hmm. But it won't. It's not enough on its own. Don't be shocked if it's not enough on its own. Sometimes there's some implied social contingencies. and We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, they keep things going on. But antecedents by themselves, they help. They certainly help. You don't want to go without them. Yeah, you definitely want to incorporate some of these. So some examples of antecedents are post reminders. Like stick a post-it note on the refrigerator that says, I don't know, eat your vegetables. Go for a run. Go for a run. Or did you run today? Mm-hmm. Or maybe if for some reason you're not great about brushing your teeth, you could stick one on your bathroom mirror that says, make sure you brush your teeth. Or WWMJD, what would Marco and Jess do? <laughs> Probably laugh at that stupid post-it note. Also, another antecedent that goes along with posting reminders, I found that if you make your posting material fun and colorful, that creates buy-in which makes it it also helps to to mix them up because there's a novelty with it too when you Mm -hmm. put them up now if you put it up there and leave it forever you're going to lose you'll get used to it right you'll lose the effectiveness of it so change it up once a week Mm -hmm. change it up once a month another antecedent that you can do is to set alarms on your phone or your watch we do this all the time and it's not just reminders to go for a run it's to wake you up in time to go for a run. I have to take a medicine every day. I have an alarm that goes off that says, take your pill. Right. It's important, because otherwise I would forget. When I have to go coach a Saturday cross-country meet, 
I have a lot of antecedents I do, but it's also an alarm to wake up, <laughs> an alarm to get out of the shower, an alarm to, <laughs> and they are laid out, to your coffee needs to be done by now. <laughs> so I can be out the door in time and have, you know, it's every step of the way. That's me. Maybe you only need one alarm. You can also lay your clothes or your shoes out the night before. Something else I do, not only when I have a race, but when I have a meet, I have to coach. I lay all that stuff out the night before so Same. that I'm not running around waking up going, well, where the hell's my coaching shirt? I can't find my shoes. Where's my hat? See, this works well for multiple people Ooh, because yeah. I can't stand that. So. <laughs> so I just, you know, I wake up and I can go right down almost like an assembly line and grab my stuff. Now, some people go, oh, you're just way too organized. This is OCD. You have some sort of behavioral disorder. No, I know that I need to be out in time to go coach these kids. This is how you do it. And it's a learned behavior because it didn't always used to be like I this. Didn't, no, this is something I added in college, uh, taking behavioral classes that to help get myself more organized and be a more productive person and accomplish, you know, we're talking about everything I've got going on, on my plate and that you've got on your plate. How do we accomplish all that? We had to get organized. You can also join a gym, hire a trainer, join a club or a league. They'll help keep you motivated and on track. All of those things become antecedents. Now, some of those antecedents, if we want to get really nerdy, and if we've got some nerdy people listening in, have built-in consequences to go with that. Don't get ahead of the story. (laughs) (laughs) The actual act of joining a gym or hiring that trainer or the act of signing up for the club or signing up for a league, a sports league, an adult beer league, that's an antecedent. Being a member of that becomes an antecedent. And there's built-in other built-in antecedents. If you're in one of my leagues, I'm the commissioner, and I send out lots of reminding emails. Here's your reminder. And I know people read them because they I, comment. I get a lot of comments. <laughs> I also get a lot of those. There's There were more than three bullet points. I didn't read it. Dude, there was five bullet points. Sometimes reading is hard. I know. But they're usually funny because you want to. A lot of them read it. They're like, "Oh God, did he make fun of me this week?" <laughs> okay, so moving on, we are now going to go to the letter B, and that is for behavior. And this is what you I was want to. I it was bourbon. Aww, I... No, it's too. for behavior. It's for behavior, and this is what you want to change. So you're looking at those sub goals that you laid out to help you meet your end goal. No matter what your big picture goal was, honestly, once you boil it down through step two to the sub goals, those secondary, tertiary, however deep you had to go, you're most likely going to end up with a behavior, an action, something you do, because that's what you can change. That's what you control. You can control your own behavior. You can monitor it. You can monitor it. It's overt. Other people can see it. You can see it. You can't control other people. You might think you can. You guess what? You can't. You may be able to influence them. <laughs> you can influence what they think they're going to do. You can't control them. Mm-hmm. But you can control yourself. You can control your thoughts, your actions. Those are behavior. It's what you do. And that takes us to C. C is for cookie. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> we do have. sing you the song. We have a three-year-old. So C is for cookie. She also likes that song. Yeah, it's good enough for me. Yep. No, C is for <laughs> C is for consequences. The consequences are contingent on your behavior. These are more intrusive than antecedents, but they have longer lasting results. They they are a direct 
cause and effect relationship between the behavior and the consequence. It's not just, oh, it just randomly happened. That can lead to superstitious behavior, and I'm superstitious behavior is so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun to study. We're getting like it's we're getting nerdy here, but sports is full of superstitions, especially hockey goalies, runners. Have you seen batters in baseball? I know you watched that video. (laughs) Have you met a goalie? You live with one. She's like a baby goalie though. She just hasn't. You've met her goalie guru. Does he have superstitious behaviors? Yes. He does? Oh, yeah. I don't really pay attention when she goes to the Well, he's been the goalie on my hockey team before. That's fun. I'll have to look out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So some examples of consequences. We've got social consequences. Things like fear of missing out or social disapproval. Or fear of being socially exiled, apparently. Yeah. You can have monetary. And the most common is just the... Wasting money, that fear of wasting money. If you join a gym, that keeps a lot of people going back because yeah, like, you're paying for it. I'm, you're paying for it. It's coming out of my bank account. Get your money's worth. But also, sometimes people have a fine, some sort of contingency setup where if I don't meet my goal, I'm going to lose money. And if you want to up the ante, it goes to not a good cause, but one you absolutely hate. Yeah. Didn't you work with somebody that. I did. Uh, he gave it to. Um, like a, a political gr- party? No, he gave it to a evangelical oh. or televangelist type thing where they'd been uh, prosecuted in a few different states for being predatory. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But keep you know, motivated. If you're, what's the, you want to do the political thing? Say you're a diehard Republican, your workout or the money's got to go to the Democrats. If you're a diehard Democrat, workout or the money's got to go to Republicans. Yep. You know. Honestly, though, you don't want to do too many penalties because if you're trying to increase behavior, you're only going to get so far avoiding. You're actually going to only do the minimum amount of work to avoid losing the money. It's true. But they exist, especially the fear of wasting money because you joined a gym. That's just a natural consequence that goes with it. It's not Mm -hmm. something you haven't really programmed it. Uh, It's better, though, to earn access to preferred items or... You want the best results. It's the more you work out, the more you get access to something. It's got to be something you really want. Yes. And with no cap on it. Access to preferred items work great. And preferred items, there's a, it's anything you like. I mean, TV and, time. Right. And it's going to be different for everybody. So a lot of people go, oh, I tried that reinforcement thing. And it didn't work for me. And I didn't like what I got. Well, then it's not a reinforcer. It's not a reinforcer. By it. definition, it only is a reinforcer to you if it increases your behavior when it's produced contingent upon your behavior. It's 100% true. Uh, so what's reinforcing to me is not going to be a reinforcing to Jess. Yep. Sometimes they'll be in common. And you also want ones that you can really control uh, for this. If you're adding it uh, for your program, something you can control when it's presented and when it's not. And that it's only presented contingent upon something. Now, you do want to avoid a certain thing few things you want to avoid like or if you're an adult and this is the adult conversation here you want to avoid using sex as a reward you are not a sex worker don't create a system where you make yourself a sex worker the other thing is it's usually between two or more consensual people will the contingency be consistently implemented that would be upsetting you know it's it's not like i finished my workout let's go you know, somebody might not be in a mood, and then the whole system breaks down. So why even set up you know, right. yourself for failure? Pick something else. 
You can also, you know, food. Access to food is tricky, especially when you're trying to lose weight. Yes. You can't say... I'm going to run five miles and then I'm going to eat a plate of cookies. I can have all the cookies I want if I run five miles. No, because it's being counterproductive. You can do it and have with moderation, but you do have to keep an eye on it. The only thing is now you're setting up food. Instead of being fuel for your body, you're Mm -hmm. setting it up as a reward. And there's other issues with that. And you start getting into where you might need a professional trainer or a professional behavior analyst or a professional. Let's go with that. A better way of tweaking it is access to preferred activities other than sex. Access to preferred activities. If you're a video game player, access to the video games. If you're a couch potato and you really like watching movies. Movies. Access to, if you're a gym rat, access to your favorite workout routines. And part of that is got to do the ones I don't like first. Mm -hmm. So I can do the ones I like better. Something that helps with this is teaming up with a buddy to keep you honest. Now... It's better to use a friend. When you use your significant other, that has drawbacks sometimes, like in the case of Jessica's TV program that she's talked about in a few of these podcasts where she has to earn access to TV. If I was her manager on this or her buddy on this, I'd be looking at it like, yeah, I want to watch a movie with you tonight. What's like, what do the kids call it? Netflix and chill. (laughs) You're Uh, a dork. (laughs) Yeah. I'm old. But, uh... But, you know, it's in my best interest that even if she failed to meet her goal, to let her cheat. (laughs) So that doesn't always work out the best there. Because maybe we as a couple want to go do something and now our plans have been spoiled because she didn't perform. Now, that leads to other stressors and you don't need to add artificial stressors to your marriage. Mm -hmm. You as a friend outside the your marriage. Now, is that to say it never can work between a married couple managing each other's programs and progress and everything? Yeah, all the time. We've done several with each other like and made it work. You just have to be careful with it. Don't set it up to something you're going to have animosity and fight over. That also kind of gets into some of the other notes on this. Don't be punitive to yourself. Don't be mean. Don't be self-injurious. That's not, you know, don't like, oh, if I didn't work out today, I'm going to whip myself with a bat or with a belt. I'm going <laughs> to be a cutter. Those are usually signs of something deeper going on. You, you should see help for. for. Uh, don't be overly hard on yourself. It's not an effective method to reach your untapped potential. No. There's also ethical issues involved with that. There's also just personal health issues related to that, both physical and mental. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself going that direction, go ask for advice. Go ask for help. Uh, Help with your program in refining it, or if it's just you're finding you enjoying hurting yourself, seek a counselor. Definitely. Most people won't have that issue. The majority of athletes putting this together might not even run into this. But if you find you are... It's not an insignificant number of people. You're not alone. You're not an oddball. It happens. There's a lot of people working on this. So please, go get help. So once you have your very positive program together, you've got your antecedents, all those things you set up, your clothes are laid. If it's workout, your clothes are laid out. You've got an alarm set on your phone. you got a reminder. You joined a gym. you got the behavior, which is going to the gym and working out. And then you've got the consequence of, hey, I went to the gym and... 
you know, I was seen there and my buddy gave me a five high five or now I guess it's like a high elbow or something, you know, thumbs up on a text message or something that makes me give me the warm fuzzies and I'm all happy. And I'm doing all that. Plans in place. Step six, kick it off and see what happens. Pick a day, put it into place and go. Have a mini kickoff party for yourself. Make it something special. It's a big deal. And then keep tracking your performance. Because when you get to step seven... We've got the three R's. Review, reassess, and recycle. Those are our nerdy three R's, but they are our very important three R's. Set periodic points on the calendar to see how it's going. Sit down with your buddy or your group of buddies. You can actually have a small little club you can create, almost like a reading group. I have that with a group of friends. We have a giant text chain going, and we update each other when we exercise. And it's amazing. All kinds of reinforcement in there. And for this kind of system, you sit down and you ask, are the goals and the sub-goals still relevant? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's changed. Maybe you don't care anymore. Maybe you pass them. But make sure they're still relevant. And then are things going great? If they are, either keep going or you could even scale back a little bit on the extra stuff. But be careful of that because keep, t- keep taking data to make sure that it doesn't all just fall apart. You don't lose all your great gains. And if it's not going great, what can you tweak? What can you change? It's perfectly normal not to hit a grand slam on this on your first time at bat. Mm-hmm. There's trial and error. Keep working at it. The quest here is not to be not only reach your goal and also have perfection your first time designing your own performance plan. I mean, that's a lot of stress to put on yourself. Don't give up. Keep working. This is the basic blueprint to change your behavior. Your behavior changes. You move on. You start working towards that goal. And eventually you get to those goals and that big picture. Just keep moving. You're going to have to make tweaks. You're going to have to make adjustments. It's like having an old sports car. You're going to have to do a lot of tinkering on the engine. (laughs) That's just part of the process. As you grow and change, your program is going to have to grow and change too. That's fine. Keep going. Be awesome. And speaking of being awesome, let's do an update on the Red Arrow Challenge. Woo! Been a great week. So let's run through all the champs from this most recent week. Swimming! Nine and under. Vivian. 10 to 19, JoJo, 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 30 to 39, Mrs. Coach, 40 to 49, Try Try Again, and nobody over the age of 49 got in the pool, apparently. Running. 9 and under, Yellow Ninja, 10 to 19, Nina, 20 to 29, H. Keener, 305, 30 to 39, Betsy, 40 to 49, that was a nice wiggle, you know Betsy, don't you? I do. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, Jamar. Walking. 9 and under, Lil Marsh. 10 to 19, Ronin Runs. 20 to 29, Smytha. 30 to 39, Becky B. 40 to 49, B Glenn. 50 to 59, Big Juan 64. 60 to 69 was a tie, Birdie and Wayne. 70 to 79, No-No Don. Biking on road. 9 and under was Lil Marsh. 10 to 19 was Run and Runs. 20 to 29, MC Grant. 30 to 39, Cyclopath. 40 to 49, Glenn Deal. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. No, 60 to 69 year olds. But 70 to 79, No No Don. Biking Off Road. 
10 to 19, Ronan runs. 20 to 29 was a tie between Smytha and Super Mario. No, 30 to 39 year olds. 40 to 49, Cyclone. 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. Sit down, pedaling. This was popular this week. Awesome. 9 and under, Owen B. 10 to 19, Connor B. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Becky B. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Stand up paddling. Also popular. Must have been really nice up this last week. Everywhere. Uh, 10 to 19, Baby Sensei. 20 to 29, H. Keener 305 beat out Gator Boy. 30 to 39, we're not standing up when they pedaled. 40 to 49, <laughs> Peetster. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. And 60 to 69, the notorious Kilogram Ill. Cross-country skiing. 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95, and 50 to 59, Big Juan 64. Skating. 10 to 19, JoJo. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. No, 30 to 39-year-olds. 40 to 49, Great Juan. And I'm interested to see what this is going to look like when more and more of the ice rinks start opening up. Yeah. Hockey. No, hockey reported this week. Soon. Soon. Starting to see more and more states open up. Points! 9 and under was Vivian. 10 to 19 was JoJo. 20 to 29, was it that Gator Boy? Was it HKNR305? No! It was MC Grant this week. 30 to 39, Cyclopath. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, AR Miller. 60 to 69 was a tie with Birdie and Wayne. 70 to 79, no, no, Don. No 80 to 89 year olds in our club and no 90 and up members. Mm-hmm. And then there were the featured members. This week I swam, I ran, I walked, I biked on the road, I kayaked. Well, partly also because I did that uh, virtual challenge we talked about last week where mm-hmm. I had to do four of those in one day. I want all those against you because, as you mentioned earlier, your back's all messed up. It is. But, uh, it was amazing. I'm so happy I survived all of that. <laughs> I'm happy you survived it Last too. week. Uh, that was a lot to squeeze in. Uh, I was really happy my, my 5K time was actually pretty decent after the swimming and biking. The kayak time was uh, about the same. I haven't done a lot of kayaking this year. so But it was about even what I did and done before. All that said, I shaved 17 minutes off my best time in the quad last year. That's awesome. All right. That would be a quadathlon? Sure. Sure. Whatever. Uh, and then you, you swam and walked. I did. That was exciting. Yeah. You tried to do the, you were going to do the try. It's true. I did bike last week. And then you go, well, you're going to, because your back was hurting, you're going to do the aqua bike piece. Yep. And I you got, got halfway through the bike a little bit so more. So I woke up that morning with gigantic migraine and I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. It's going to be good for me. I'm going to do it. And I got on the bike, and I got to mile number eight, and you pulled up next to me and said, how you doing? And I said, I'm going to puke. I got to go lay down in the dark. And that was the end of that for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. My grains are no fun. No, they're not. Neither are back issues. It's fun being an old lady. How's your week going this week so far? Uh, it's. I mean, I realize we're like just a little bit past the midpoint, but. I'm hoping next week is going to be better. Today I swam, so that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. How's your week? You know, my week's going 
in terms of like doing several different events or disciplines, it's not a lot of variety. It's a lot of running this week. Uh, went out and been running with kid number one. Uh, we've done our usual every other day, go out for about four and a half to five miles, plus a warm up of a quarter mile to a third of a mile. And then we've started inserting that extra day so that we can get a little bit more, getting closer to what cross country practice is. And like I said, we went and ran an actual cross country team route today that she did great on. I also went and swam today for a while until I had to go in and get back on the computer. It was nice to get out and get some sun. And I did manage to scoop out all the leaves and do my pool boy routine so that it saved your back. Oh my God. Uh, but at least it saved your back from having to use the big uh, net on the pole and everything and pull that through the water. Yep. So we'll see what goes happens next with our Red Arrow Challenge. Uh, this is, again, if you're new to the group, listen to the other podcasts. But it, this is our um, multi-sport virtual competition like no other because we've got so many different events going on. And if you do have access to hockey, track your calories. You could probably get on the board easy right now since nobody's For on. sure. Go to our website, create a username, sign in, and start play with us. Posting, <laughs> posting your results. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. This is probably going to end up being our longest podcast ever. Yep. It was fun. It just flew by. I think so. Hopefully it flies by for the, the listeners. It was fun for us. I had a lot of fun tonight. I did too, and it was not just because of the North Coast ride. Nope. But that did help. Hopefully this will all make sense. Hopefully we did present this in a manner and all the information in a manner that really is fully accessible by the general population. When I've tried presenting it uh, to groups, non-technical, non-scientific groups, it's gone well in the past. But mm-hmm. I wasn't drinking whiskey at the time. I think it's going to be just fine. This is the first time we've presented it in a podcast format. Usually I'm standing there in front and I've got my PowerPoint slides and whatever. Uh, or in coaching, I've just completely embedded it into the program. So I got, I got 10-year-olds who are following along. Um, um, but they're not the designing... The 7-year-old at our house can do it. Yeah, so. but they're not designing their own programs from scratch, usually except for the 7-year-old at our house. The cross-country kids, it's embedded and I'm doing it for them they just seem to come out and when they hit college it's like oh i already know how to do this i can do weight oh i gotta practice for the gre they design their own programs awesome. i want to train for a half marathon oh and they replicate what we did in cross country and it's like and it all suddenly makes sense uh so it's a slightly different way of presenting the information so hopefully coming through a podcast it works out send us feedback send us questions yeah we're here we want to hear how it goes because love questions this is our first, you know, we're 17 episodes in, but this is our first podcast series. Mm-hmm. So let us know how we're doing. As for us, you know, we've got, we actually got some fun stuff for next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another uh, foodie episode. Yep. We've already been working on it for a while now. And so we got to wrap up a few things with that and we'll record it next week. That should be another one. Our foodie episodes are pretty popular. They are. For us. Yeah. Yeah. People want to know what to eat and what to drink. What to drink? I know what I'm going to drink. I have another one of these whiskeys. <laughs> but for now, we should do that off the air. Yes. It's been fun. Loads of fun. Till next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.